Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 153 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, and as always, I'm here with my good friend, media pastor Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah. You might hear me whining a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just a little high-pitched whine. Yeah. Um, because I might want to get out of the room. Maybe you need to go potty. And <laughs> my dog's in here. We have a special guest today, Poppy Patterson. Welcome. You know, it's always a good day when you can bring your dog to work. Yeah. So we'll see how she does. So anyway, um, yeah, so it's going good. How about you? Uh, it's going good. I'm, I'm getting back in the swing of things from Houston. Houston? Houston. Houston? Houston. We went to Houston, Texas. Yeah. Houston yeah. County, Texas. <laughs> Yeah, we no. had a good time, didn't yeah. we? It was. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I had a very good time. Yeah. Um, road trip, was 12 hours, 12 and a half. It was, did it seem long to you? I mean, I didn't actually sleep while we drove at all. Oh. I mean, I would so doze off. Seem long I to would you. doze off every once in a while, but yeah. I didn't like take a long nap. <laughs> like I did? Well, I ended up <laughs> sitting in the middle most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and and because of the like slide doors, there's no good way to like lean up against anything. That is true. That is true. So she just laid on the floor. Yeah, I've done that before in a van. <laughs> so it was it was a longer ride for you then. I mean, it was a me. long ride, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot of movie quotes. Yes, you put John Crowell and Justin Crenshaw in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hear a lot of movie quotes. It was mm-hmm. good. It was fun. So yeah, it was play like what was that movie? What was that movie? And and so, but so that's not. But that's version. not all we did. It's we just got like in a car and drove for twenty four hours and <laughs> there and back. Yep. Staff team building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else did we do when we got there? Well, so when we got there, we did exactly what we needed to do when we got into Houston, Texas. We immediately ate barbecue. <laughs> this is true. Yes, we went to Rudy's Barbecue. Yeah. Supposed to be pretty famous. Yeah. We were all like, okay, yeah. I mean, Woodstock's got some good stuff here in yeah. Boston, Georgia. So there you go. Shout yeah. out, Randy DeCudo. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, we had uh, we met up with the Foundry, which mm-hmm. is the network that we are a part of. Right. Um, and it was just an informal get together for dinner on Monday night. Those who were in town, and then Tuesday we um, met at two different churches in Houston that are part of the network. Yep. And um, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Got to host a panel. Yeah. So that yeah, was you did. My, Look official job. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I did okay. No, I think you did great. You know, I think, honestly, I think doing the podcast for as long as we have helped me to Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Do that. I yeah, because yeah. driving conversation. Yeah. 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 And uh, speaking of driving conversation, I'm going to be on the radio this Friday. And I was about to say, <laughs> podcast definitely helps with that. Definitely. Like, it's not going to be weird with headphones and no. talking into a microphone because we do that every week. Yeah. So. I wonder if the radio station has as nice setup as we do I right We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I will let you know. I'll take a picture. For yeah. Sure. Me and Chuck. Yeah, Chuck Roberts is hosting. Does he have a show? No, he has been filling in for uh, Mayor uh, Scott James Matheson because oh, okay. it's... Uh, I think it's like, you know, re-election time. And can he and so do that? When, he just chooses not to. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So I don't think it's he can't. I think uh, he chooses okay. not to. Gotcha. So um, Chuck has been filling in. I think, I don't know if he's got different people different days of the week, but, but Chuck I know is, Chuck's on, on Friday. So I'm going to talk about Grace. Ooh, that'll be so, fun. So if you're listening to this on the Thursday And your name drops, is Grace. We're t- they're talking about Grace. you. Grace. <laughs> it's the, the blessing. blessing. <laughs> Movie quotes here, too. Yeah, so we were in Houston. Uh, we met with the Foundry Network um, pastors, and a lot of them brought their staff, which mm-hmm. is what we did. And and um, so what was your take? So in the morning, we had a panel discussion, basically like, what is the ne- what is the Foundry Network? Why are we in it? What caused um, several people to, once they left UMC, to not necessarily or not align immediately with another denomination, but to kind of form a network instead. So that's what we talked about in the morning. And in the afternoon, we went to another church. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, there's food this whole time. I yeah. think barbecue. Barbecue, Tex-Mex. Yeah. And um, 
we we broke off into table groups of mm-hmm. uh, you know peers of kind of responsibilities in the church. How, yeah. how was that for you? Uh, it was good. Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit to okay. even the panel mm-hmm. and talk about because when we joined the network, mm-hmm. you know, you said it like when we talked about it originally, you said it was going to be this great thing, a bit loose co- loose connections, and for me, it's kind of like <laughs> okay, cool, right? Let's just do it. You know, mm-hmm. like Shannon thinks it's a good idea, so let's do it. Oh, God bless you. Well, I mean, <laughs> just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so during the panel, I really got to understand <clears throat> what the um, Foundry Network is and what it and and how it's not a business; it's a living, breathing mm. entity of net network mm-hmm. of pastors and churches wanting to see each other move the kingdom of Christ. Yes. Thank you. That's as, good. I as, should have had that for the panel discussion. As opposed to like, <laughs> and someone said it, it wasn't a, it's not a, my church needs to outdo these churches. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition to push the all. kingdom of Christ. Yeah, It's a one movement of the kingdom of Christ in all these areas. And all the pastors really seem to be cheerleaders of everybody else. With, yes, that has been my experience the whole time. And that was very refreshing to see. It, so much so. It wasn't like, hey, this is the guy. Right. You know, like it wasn't one yeah. person going. Who's the one that's the really like, got the most people? Oh, y'all are all in charge, but who's really in charge? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very kingdom-minded, mm-hmm. very much so. And I think one of the things that came up in the panel, um, which, by the way, I believe... Um, we're going to get a copy of the a video of the panel discussion, so we'll oh, nice. probably make that available. That w- I um, think I think our congr- our partners would love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but one of the things that um, came up, I think, or maybe I just gleaned this of my own, you know, through the filter of my mind, which is dangerous, um, <laughs> was that um, a, maybe me, but especially some of these. Um, pastors who have been in for a long time or have really big churches, um, they had some uh, PTSD, <laughs> if you will, mm. um, and is, is in regard to, um, I think what I said in the panel was, it's got to be frustrating to be lifted up at times as the hero in mm. the denomination for yeah. you know the number of people you have or the campuses or whatever, and then but behind closed doors to be... Uh, talked about as a villain because yeah. you're not playing the game, the yeah, denominational yeah. game um, of the UMC. I, I want to say that. I want to talk about that more when yeah. we talk about New Room. Okay, yeah. So um, that was. It's just refreshing. Like you talk about, it was like a team. Mm-hmm. It's. It really is. Like I feel like um, we all have a different context and we're in different places in the country. Um, but it. You. You hit the nail on the head. It's like. Um, we're cheering for each other. I mean, we've been in a an email stream for the last two days of um, what are our be- what are our best practices on how we handle missions funding, mm. and that might sound really boring to some people, but it's just like little blurbs people are shooting out, like, well, we do this and we do that, or we, you know, once we left, we did this, and you know, I was I, today, I was like, well, this is what we did. We took what we were giving in apportionments to the UMC for. Mm-hmm. And we said that's going to be missions, and we upped it. Yeah, well, like by t- yeah. 15, 20%, I think. So, and I, I know to some that sounds boring, but it's actually really exciting it's because focused. Well, that, but also, you know, 2023 is when you could start, like, it was basically a three year hiatus from doing um, mm. mission work outside of the building. Yeah, for sure. So now that we can do, uh, we're, yeah. <laughs> You'll have seen a. We're gonna take a picture of Poppy and post it on our uh, Instagram. You're a good girl. But um, because we have we haven't been able to, so it probably had the money has been either allocated for mm-hmm. different things, and yep. then you got to refocus because that's that's happening here because we're getting to do that for the first time mm-hmm. for yeah. 2024. Yep. That's but, for sure. So not only have we not been able to do missions, um for the last three years, but we're also trying, 
these churches are trying to figure out how do we do it ourselves now. We're not just sending money to a giant pot anymore. For sure, yeah. And and many of these churches had already been doing that, and we in some ways yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, as far as not having to... <laughs> that's just my stomach. <laughs> and I wonder if anyone can even hear it, or just you and I can. I don't know. I'll, I'll, we'll see later. Um, we'll have references to all these dog noises that no one can hear. Then you'll have to add in some dog noises. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even know what I was saying, but yeah. So we we've, we've been doing it for a little bit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. money for missions, but intentionally doing mm-hmm. that. So that's just an example of that network and one tiny example because we also have a text group and um, mm-hmm. you know, we're constantly, you know, several times a week, we're praying for each other. We're encouraging each other. A couple of people have written books and they're like, Hey, this came out or I pray for this. It's gone to the editor. Just this kind of ongoing, mm-hmm. um, very much, um, cheering for one another and supporting one another and praying for one another. That that's really cool. Um, and then like in, and so that was my experience at the panel time. Uh, and then you fast forward to, um, at the second church, Story Church, where we where we learned about their church because they had an interesting situation, mm-hmm. an interesting and, story. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say that, <laughs> but and then after, and then we got into groups of churches that brought staff members that were in like minded fields. We got we sat together, had discussions, and yes. had lunch together. Yeah, and um, you know, with us being one of the smaller churches mm-hmm. in the Boundary, I guess we might be the smallest. I don't probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Mm-hmm. But I it was interesting because we weren't at most of our tables, we weren't the newest people in our fields at yeah. In the church. Yeah, yeah. So like it was funny because I was expecting to be like the guy that really didn't was like listening to these guys at these bigger churches. Yeah. And like, do what I do, and you'll be just like us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except I was one of the old dogs. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we went around at our table, and it was like, how many years have you been in ministry? And I think, well, one of the questions was in ministry, and the other was in ministry in your current context. And mm. so I was like, um, 23 years. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, but in this one, I was like, well, okay, 21. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, because um, in this coming up June, I'll be. Uh, ten years in. Wow. Yeah, and so hang on, ten years in with, like, that I've been working with you. Uh-huh. No, uh huh. Uh huh. You're kidding me. Uh huh. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. So ten years in. Where's the time gone? And then let's uh, talk about time today and where it goes. There was one. <laughs> there was only one other person that had been in it longer than I had. Yeah. And she was a the rock star from Granger. And do, she'd been in for like 20 years, but all their staff kind of mm-hmm. has a long tenure, kind of like ours does. Do you think the particular role that you have as tech and, and, and communications, but tech is a big part of it. Uh, so was that a tech or communications thing? It was a communications. Okay. Um, so do you think the particular role is one of the reasons you, you, would, you were an OG in that conversation? Yeah, because I, I would say it is a very developed, field in mm-hmm. the church scene mm-hmm. because I mean when when I started doing it I had to create like mm-hmm. we created the role correct like we had yep. to we knew what we wanted to do we had to just figure out a way to make <laughs> it worth do this. Yeah. yeah so but so <laughs> a lot of people are newer to it and and honestly to our credit we were we've been able to be on the forefront of a lot of mm-hmm. things in communicate in church communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Along the way, but there's a lot of people that are newer to it because it's just a new industry. Because ten years, mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it did, but in like it was like the yeah, it, it was it was in an infancy for sure. Well, yeah. So probably fifteen years ago, it was a um, they had a communications person because they mm-hmm. had so many print materials that had to, <laughs> that had to go out. It yeah. couldn't be the secretary's job. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then it was, oh, you should start posting this on this new thing called Facebook. <laughs> well, so let's shift gears now, too, because you said you want to say some stuff about, so we went to Houston, took mm-hmm. one day to drive. Yep. <clears throat> the 
then we were at the Foundry mm-hmm. Network meeting on tu- on a Tuesday, and then Wednesday was the New Room Conference. Yes. What do you want to say about that? Well, okay, so <laughs> when one of the things that I think all but um, Pete talked, every speaker that we saw except for Pete talked about um, a lot of the people in this room have a lot of unsettled hurt. Mm, yes. And... Um, mm-hmm. a lot of destroyed relationships. That's what's happened in the past. Like talking about d- disaffiliation because most of the churches in there were disaffiliated. Well, I would say this. It's definitely Seedbed, which does mm-hmm. the New Room Conference, definitely Wesleyan. Yes. And so what you had in that room were um, global Methodists mm-hmm. who had disaffiliated and joined. Um, you had people like us that were independents or in the Wesleyan Church, which yes. is a denomination, or the Foundry Network. And then you had some United Methodists there still. So there yeah. was a group, it was across the Wesleyan uh, you know, spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. But yeah, and so no matter where you were, um, as far as how you felt about the disaffiliation, a lot of people were there first. And so that that statement was very true. Mm-hmm. And I <clears> guess <throat> what, what um, I had thought of, I guess I was thinking about is that I didn't realize how much mm. impact that would have on people because like for me on a personal level, disaffiliating from the UMC was a business transaction. Yep. It wasn't a big deal. Like didn't I didn't have, history, have any emotional genealogy. Yeah. Like I didn't have any of that. Mm. I wasn't a second or, th- and like, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about like people that are second and third generation pastors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're take and they're leading churches that have fifth and sixth generation, mm-hmm. and it was put into perspective for me mm-hmm. about like gave you some empathy for well the gravity of mm-hmm. the situation because for me it was like oh yeah they're doing weird things let's move on <laughs> yeah you yeah, know yeah yeah but other people mm-hmm. and other churches are grieving are grieving mm-hmm. the lot the loss of a a hundred year relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. a hundred year connection, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, and uh, and that that was made visible to me for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful to you, yeah, to to grasp it mm-hmm. all. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, didn't grow up United Methodist, uh, became United Methodist when the youth pastor at a United Methodist church said, "Hey, would you like to come on part time as the middle school person?" And I was like, "Sure." And my next question was, do I have to join the church? And they're like, yeah, that'd probably be good. So that's when I became United Methodist. Um, didn't really know much about Wesleyan doctrine or anything like that. That came along in my in my really my seminary and and then sitting under some good teaching uh, for some great pastors for a while. Um, but even so, like what I saw, so so leaving wasn't as hard for me. Yeah. Even as someone who'd been in for a long time, but I always kind of was an outlier a little mm-hmm. bit. And, you know, I was never the senior pastor, so I didn't have to deal with a lot of the uh, bureaucracy and, and things like that. So there's people who were embedded deeply into mm-hmm. the United Methodist Church and wanted to see it flourish for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And had invested, invested deeply, and, and they just felt like they could not continue faithfully. And had to leave, and so that was hard. And then for those who felt like, no, I want to stay, and saw people leaving, that sense of abandonment is pretty intense mm-hmm. for some people. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that that you picked up on that, and I hope, pray, that some people experience healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the New Room Conference. Yeah. So, But uh, Pete's, Pete Hughes, yes. who's a, a British man, um, his brother is Tim Hughes, who's written some... Uh, yeah, old school. I would say old school, but some early two thousand early early contemporary uh, worship music. Yeah. But um, he's got a church called King's Cross mm-hmm. in London, and um, he came and gave an incredible talk. And um, you know, we talked about yesterday in staff, and it was like <clears throat> one of the comments he made that was very impactful to me was just that that we need to. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna look at my my notes and see if I if I have it on here. Um, <laughs> um, was that that we need to not just be about casting vision as leaders, mm-hmm. but to be people who are, uh, what was the term? Uh, uh, living out, being Pre- present. Present with jo- joy and delight. With Yeah, present with delight. And I was like, yes. So that was very 
encouraging slash convicting to me. And I've been uh, pursuing that since I heard that word. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. So that's a whole lot about Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to mention? And in the drive home. I mean, drive home was just more movie quotes. <laughs> well, so today, and I'm laughing looking at my notes because it says, moron drifting faith. Moron drifting faith. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're drifting, you're a moron. That's the hint. No, no, no. But it says, more on, on. drifting faith because we talked about drifting faith um, Sunday in the message. So yep. you so missed. If you, if you weren't at church Sunday and you haven't listened to the podcast... September 24th. September 24th, Acts Week 19. Pause now. Go listen to that. It's the one right below this one. Mm-hmm. And come back. That would be great. Um, heard from a lot of people about um, this this um, this conversation, this sermon that I shared on Sunday. Um, so I wanted, you know, we were talking about faith and some examples of what, where we might be on that on that journey of faith. And one of the examples I gave was drifting faith. And so just real quick to explain it, if you weren't there Sunday, um, drifting faith, I would say is like, you're, you're just, you're just, you think you're in neutral. You think you're coasting, but the reality is, and, and, and the deal is with that is it could be good or bad. There's a lot of reasons we drift. Everything might be going so great in your life right now. That you just go, oh, I don't, I don't really need God. I, I was, you know, on my knees, you know, snot crying, you know, two months ago for God, and He came through, and I don't really need it now. And it's like we, we can drift, mm-hmm. um, or it could be just, uh, you know, moment after moment, issue after if you circumstance after circumstance, and it's like I'm done, and and we just drift. So anyway, so we we drift away. Um, and one of the things I said Sunday was, I if you think you can be in neutral. I have a responsibility as a pastor to tell you that that is not the case. No. That you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I gave the example of going to the beach, um, shared it before, but just the idea of when you go to the beach with your family, with friends, um, usually you set up a little you know tent camp there. You've got your canopy, you've got your cooler, your stuff, your chairs, all the beach toys. I know you got to have all the beach toys to mm-hmm. dig lots of holes and stuff yep. and buckets and whatnot. And we set that up. And then we and wagons. Out, yeah, and then when you go out in the water and you're hanging out, you keep looking back, going, "Okay, there's my there's my camp." Mm-hmm. And if you're not paying attention and you're just hanging with the waves, eventually you're gonna drift. Yep, you're not gonna drift straight in. I mean, rarely will you drift straight in. You're going left or right, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how we can be with our faith. And so I was like, "No, we don't want to drift. We want to have that true north and and everything." And so I want to offer. Um, well, I want to re- say this. We can do this with our lives. Yep. We can do this with our lives. We set up our lives like a day at the beach, and, and we might feel a few waves every now and then. But if we look up and, and we realized we've drifted, it's not from the stuff. It's from the maker of heaven and earth. And our God who loves us and gave his life for us, why would we drift from him? I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain the human heart. I just know it's deceitful. Yep. Um, so... This is something we have to pursue. So I want to offer three uh, scriptures uh, in this episode as kind of a launching point. And I want to take a minute and talk about screw tape letters, which you and I walked through mm-hmm. that together a few yep. years ago. But here's what Hebrews 2, 1 says. It says, so, talking about drifting. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. we got to be careful. Mm-hmm. We can't do the check the box thing and the I heard it and now I know it. I went through it. I I stood up. I raised the hand. Whatever it is, like we cannot. We've got to listen carefully and keep that in front of us. Keep that uh, before us as we go through life. Every kind of circumstance you can think of. If we don't, we're going to drift away. Hebrews three twelve. Be careful, then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving turning you away from the living God. There's that drifting uh, language there. Yep. Um, do not allow your hearts, which I just said, they're <laughs> they're so deceitful. Um, but here it's it, evil and unbelieving. Don't let it turn away from the living God. If we don't have a constant infusion of, of the Holy Spirit of God and His Word and 
and and recognizing his presence and and um, you know in a state of worship before him, our heart is going to take us in a different direction mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. First Timothy chapter six verse ten and eleven says, <clears throat> talking about money, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let's be real, Josh. When we talk about drifting away, often it has to a key component to drifting away often has to do with our money, whether yes. it's attaining comfort, trying to retain that, uh, wanting to have more of it, and it affects, it just kind of um, splinters out into every area of our life. It really, really does. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money, here's what it says, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. It goes on to say, run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness, those fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you see here in the Scriptures just a few examples of the absolute... One is the reality of drifting. It's it's there, and the intentionality that we must have in order to not drift. Right. But the first thing we got to do is recognize if we're drifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's... That's the beginning step. So uh, mentioned screw tape letters. C.S. Lewis, he wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and The Chronicles of Narnia. You, you may have read it or seen the movies. This book's a little different than this Chronicles is, of Narnia. It is. It, the, the premise is pretty uh, edgy, especially when I think he wrote it in the 40s. Yeah, like World yeah. War II-ish times. Um, so this move, this book called Screwtape Letters, it what it does is it highlights the interaction between Screwtape, who is so this is fiction, but mm-hmm. but you know, Screwtape, uh, who's a senior demon and instructor, and uh, uh, no Wormwood is the no Screwtape is the instructor, Wormwood yeah. is the demon training. in training, and what Screwtape does is basically is training Wormwood. I love these names. Um, on effective ways to undermine the words of God, undermine you can't really to underline the the understanding of the word of God and cause a person in this book to hopefully abandon their belief and just quit even trying to pursue God. That's the whole premise of this book. And so Screwtape, the demon instructor, gives Wormwood. I want to read you a quote. This this gem of wisdom. <laughs> Uh, regarding what it takes to help someone drift away, yep. okay, to abandon belief. This is what it says. <clears throat> you will say that these are very small sins, and doubtless, like all young tempters, you are anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. But do remember, the only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate the man from the enemy, which is God in this respect. Mm-hmm. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Mm. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Mm. Drift. That's a drift right there. Anything but Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you went through the book. You we walked through this. Uh, you know, I mean, we're it's not the focus, but yeah, it was. So, and this is probably the most important paragraph for me out of the entire book, mm-hmm. and because it's everyone kind of like talks about you know the big sin that you're like mm-hmm. people are dealing with and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it's the little ones yeah. that that can build. Yeah, it's like, know? listen, you don't have to go kill. He don't no. have to go kill somebody if he's got a gambling addiction. That mm. that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's like, in anything that gets their eyes off Jesus mm-hmm. is a win. Yep. Yep. And it, and and that's something that I try to be very mindful about. In most things I do, mm. because I don't want, like, I don't want um, something I've done or produced for the church mm-hmm. or something that the church puts out 
to distract people from the message. Yeah, because for sure. that makes it that much easier for <clears throat> the enemy. Yep. And I and I don't want to get it wrapped. And personally, I don't want to get wrapped up into things that sound like church business, <laughs> but aren't God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's that's the that's footholds that the enemy can use. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, like perfect example. Not saying that the Foundry Network isn't important for mm-hmm. was an important decision, and you had to go through all the stuff for like that. It's it's not my business to debate it. Mm-hmm. I stay fo- like I stay focused on the message of God. Mm. You know, right, right. So I try not to let those things, even right or wrong, try good not good or bad, good yeah. or bad, mm-hmm. try to de- deteriorate the focus of what I'm producing and where it goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the kingdom, mm-hmm. for the kingdom, for the kingdom. Yeah, because if that suddenly, might have been a terrible example. Well, no, but like suddenly, if if I'm just like foundry, 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 and like yeah. everything's gonna be that, you'd be like, hey, Shannon, are you are you losing focus? And we don't want to do that, and we won't do that um, in the network. But yeah, I think that's a that's a good example. What the screw tapes letters does, and especially this paragraph, I think it reminds us of this really vital truth, which is that following Christ growing in affection for him, because really that's like the life of sanctification. Um, following Christ, um, the words of God, it, it, has, it comes with a requirement for us to intentionally focus, like you said, on the things of God rather than allowing the lesser things to control our heart. Mm-hmm. That is a battle. Yes. Constant. Yeah. Constant. And I mean, and I, and I get... So, like, sometimes it's easier to point out sins, uh-huh. but it's not just, like, even when I read this, it's not even, like, sins that's, that takes mm-hmm. takes your mind off God. And that and that's why mm-hmm. I, I think about it like that, because anything that, because anything that doesn't seem like a sin, mm-hmm. if it takes you away from Distracts, God. Distracts, yeah. Become, can it become... Can. Yeah. can become a well, sin. and that's that gradual step yeah. soft and, underfoot. And so like that that's that that's kind of like it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not Or a, not that slippery well, it's, that you know it's slippery. <laughs> yeah. But it's not steep. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Listen to Hebrews 2 1 again. I want to read this. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Um Pay close attention to your heart. Pay close attention to your affections. Uh, Examine your life. That was really the whole purpose of the message on Sunday was for people to examine where they are. Know Mm -hmm. where you are because you're not going to be able to push against the drift unless you know you're drifting. Yep. You know, Um, it's there. And so in that C.S. Lewis quote, he talked about signposts, uh, milestones and signposts, right? Like, um, without basically saying there's there's no sign saying, oh, no, you're drifting away from God. Um, but, you know, what signs do is they either tell us we're going in the right direction or we're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of driving to Houston, we just, none of us were paying attention, and we were like, oh, I-10 takes us to Houston. Well, you get to New Orleans, and you can either go north of New Orleans on Lake Pontchartrain on, yeah. I think it's I-12, um, or you can stay on 10 and go through the city proper and everything. Um on the way there, mm-hmm. we were not paying attention. We went right on through. And, and got and, lost. And got lost. And 30, 40 minutes later, on the way back, you were driving. You, like, punched in. Hey, there's this thing. <laughs> if only we had a machine that told us where to go. And it was like, no, take I-12. Take. And well, so, I think you said, as long as you stay on I-10 and you're going west, we're good. <laughs> well, and that's the thing I was jokingly saying. Every time we'd, like, you know, stop at, for a rest stop or whatever and get back in the car, whoever was driving, I'd purposely say, like, let's say we were going East, I'd be like, "Hey, make sure you get on I ten West on the way back." You know, and okay, yeah. and you're an idiot. But um, just a joke about that. But there, there are sign, there are signposts in our lives, and they can let you know. All right, I'm, I'm going, I'm not going in the direction I should be. But we got to pay attention, mm-hmm. right? And so, signposts will let us know what's important to us, what's not, where are our affections and desires, um, are we following Christ or are we drifting away? So. Here's not. This is not an exhaustive list, but here's just three examples, um, of a, of a signpost of are we going towards Christ or drifting away, and the first one is, and this would be if we're going away, 
is if we have a fixation on just the here and now, and I mean like an unhealthy fixation. It's mm-hmm. not like we need to live in la-la land. Well, but, yeah, and I think on this uh, podcast we talked about an unhealthy fixation on the future or the past. Yes. So <laughs> here we are now at, at on here and now. Um, an early uh, warning sign, I guess, if you're noticing am I drifting or not, um, is if we've taken our eyes off of Christ and we're just, we've put them on something else. And it, uh, I don't mean to sound judgy like this because I know this is a struggle for me. It could be something uh, minor and, and nothing and have no significance, but I could be like, I'm all in it, you know, yeah. for a period of time. And mm-hmm. there's there's nothing wrong with, with having uh, possessions, you know, a nice car, house, job, all that stuff. That these are honestly, these are morally neutral. Yeah, they, they don't have uh, a car is not evil unless you're talking about Stephen King's Christine, which I believe then is the. I was thinking about the Stephen King book where it's like a semi truck that's gonna. Uh, oh, yeah. Isn't that also Christine? Or is he did he write another one about an evil vehicle? Oh, I didn't I know. know. I didn't. I guess I didn't know that was the name of the book. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, maybe it's not. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. Um. But there's nothing wrong. Those are morally neutral. But what happens is these things, if we're a fixation on here and now, they can become dangerous when they find their way, they make their way, we allow them to make their way into a, this is going to be my identity. What I have, what I hold, what is what I can uh, hold on to, um, this is going to be who I am. And this could even be, Josh, like, our friendships. This could be our spouse. This could be our kids. Um, we can hold them in such regard that it's like, no, this is more important than my God. Mm-hmm. What'd you find out about Stephen King? It's maximum overdrive. Oh, is the see. one I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Okay. Christine's the other one. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm certain. So anyway, um, again, so we're focusing <laughs> on the things that are important, and we're looking up <laughs> Stephen King uh, books. Wow. Drifting, right? Drifting. Um. So. Here's the deal. The innermost part of, of our being is the is on, only Christ should sit in that place. Only Jesus. And this is why, what did Jesus do? He repeatedly told those who followed him that it is impossible to serve two masters. I mentioned that in Matthew 6 on Sunday, that talking about money, mm-hmm. that um, you cannot serve both. It's, right. And again, money's money's neutral. It's morally neutral. Yeah. It's, it's what you do what you do with it. Most things are morally neutral. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the question I think naturally comes up is how do I know then if I'm drifting? How do I know if I'm in that place? And the the practical answer, it's, it's going to be different for each of us, of course, obviously. Yeah. Um, some things are, uh, you know, have no effect on me and, and, and they do you and mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, but we can, they, the same principle applies. It's like, okay, are these temporary things, these temporary things in my life, um, including family and all this, are they demanding more of my affection and work and focus than I'm willing to actively surrender to Christ? Mm. You know, I don't, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I know that the, you said yesterday, the Lord's been working on you about that, that yeah. whole fact is, mm-hmm you know, where, where's my focus? What's important? And, yep. and, um, that should be like the, that should be an ongoing assessment mm-hmm. for us. Yep. Um, do I spend my energies, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally centered on developing those things that I've held up higher than Christ that have drawn me away, that have caused me to drift? Um, so these are things to ask ourselves. There, there are questions that Christ asked those who wish to follow him, which is, okay, am I willing, am I, am I willingly and actively compromising on the things that Christ has called me to do and be? Mm-hmm. Oof. So these are signposts. How do I know if I'm drifting? Another signpost is this. If we have a failure to be cautious. I mean, <clears throat> we go to St. George. Uh, island uh, that's our beach place and yeah. everyone usually has kind of a beach place that yeah. they favor well when you come onto saint george island um you come over across a real a long bridge and you get there and there's a sign that's like welcome to saint george and then there's a, a flagpole 
And at the top of the flagpole is a colored flag that tells you basically the riptide. And it's usually yellow. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I think I've ever seen a green, um, which is just be cautious. But then sometimes there's a red, and it means, like, there's a riptide, there's a current, there's something, um, you know, there might be some weird, like, you know. Jellyfish. Yeah, something. And so there, there's, like, a sign. Hey, yeah. watch what you're doing. But I don't know how many people cross that bridge and come for a week vacation and are looking at that pole at all. They're like, I'm here at the beach, and I'm going to yeah. go out in that water. And it can be dangerous. we got to look for these signs. Um, is the red one when the beach is closed? I don't even know. Um, I don't maybe remember it's the colors. Red. I could be wrong about the colors. So, <laughs> um, <coughs> But I used you know language that I figured our listeners would know. But So we need to be, how do you know if you're, if you're drifting is a failure to be cautious, a failure to mm-hmm. look at the signs. Yeah. The, the first step is to recognize this... Um, Moods change. Okay. Listen to this. I want to share this to you. This is, um, I'm about started. That's why I see the English spelling there. Um, this is another C.S. Lewis quote. We're talking about a failure to be cautious. The first step is to recognize the fact that your moods change. Mm-hmm. The next, so he's talking about how do you, if you're not being cautious, make sure that if you have once accepted Christianity then some of its main doctrines shall be deliberately held before your mind for some time every day. He's talking about if you're if you're a Christian, it's not gonna just like you're not gonna be able to just shut it down. Or if you have if you've been immersed in Christianity and, and teachings and all that, and you start drifting away, it's not like you're just gonna go brain dead on this fact. No, those there's gonna be moments where it's like um, Holy Spirit uh, or. Um, just you're recalling, which I think is Holy Spirit work, going, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. That probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be your number one focus. Yeah. Hey, that's not. And we should be listening to this. He goes on to say, <clears throat> this is why daily prayers and religious readings and church going are necessary parts of the Christian life. you got to remember his his language. He he wrote this, you know, yeah. several, long, long time ago. 80 60, years ago. 70, 80 years ago. He says, we have to be continually reminded of what we believe, right? If we, we, it, This is the opposite of a failure to be cautious. We've got to be continually reminded of what we believe. Neither this belief nor any other will automatically remain alive in the mind. You've got mm. to keep this before you. It mm-hmm. must be fed. And as a matter of fact, if you examined 100 people who had lost their faith in Christianity, this is C.S. Lewis, he's writing this, if you examine 100 people who had lost their faith in Christianity, I wonder how many of them would turn out to have been reasoned out of it by honest argument, or do most people simply just drift away? Mm. Mm. You think a post-2020 church. <laughs> yeah. Drift I mean, away. Drift away. Yeah. Like, not intentional. Yep. Something stood in your way, and then it just it's gone. Yeah. Convenience. Yeah. Uh, habits, patterns, what's important, what's not. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So long ago, I don't know if that quote was as prevalent then as it is now. And that's why I love his writings because it is very much... Is, is just real in 2023. Golly, I mean, you... I, I don't think you can hit the... I mean, the way I feel about... Uh modern church i don't mm. think it can be more more hit on the head than that quote yeah and i started reading c.s lewis in 95 now and, pete, and then i was like whoa this is this is for today yeah you know? but then listening to pete at new room he's like so what yeah you know? yeah doesn't matter doesn't matter yeah get quit feeling yourself <laughs> yeah yeah so we're talking about these signposts of how do you know if you're drifting well if you have a fixation on the here and now you're not thinking kingdom-minded, eternal, if that's not in your processing, that, that's a sign. If you have failed to be cautious, um, it's not so much that someone's in your face like refuting your beliefs as much as it is you're just drifting away. We've got to be cautious. Look for those signs. And then the third sign is if we, and th- we have to be careful with this, but it's important, is if we dwell in doubt. Mm. If we dwell in the place of doubt. Now, I have heard Christians I've heard pastors and teachers basically say, if you doubt, you sin. 
And I do not agree with that. I don't believe that. And I do not think, and I do not, from the scriptures, see how Jesus had a problem with that. Otherwise, Thomas would have been just thrown into hell because he doubted. He had to touch and feel and see the risen Christ before he would believe. Um, You look at the book of John and you see how Jesus, he dealt generously with, with Thomas who doubted this. He had to have the experience. So... Obviously, doubt is a problem mm-hmm. in in the life of a Christian, but doubt has this. So it's okay to doubt. This is one thing I've said for a long time. There's nothing wrong, and it, it started when I was doing student ministry. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you having questions yeah. as long as you pursue the answers. Mm-hmm. If you're just walking around with a giant question mark and you just want to question for the sake of questioning and debate for the sake of debate and you're not seeking answers then you're not really questioning no so doubt has this slippery sneaky side to us that's a slithery sneaky snake um, that tells us the answers (laughs) to our doubts are found in they're found in more questions than in doubt Mm, yes and so maybe you've been like caught up in this riptide of doubt at one time or another. And this can be, this is the, it's dangerous. Yeah. Where answers are not the goal of doubt, it is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to be aware of that. It's like. Don't dwell in doubt without seeking. Yeah. Um, this is Dollar General Theology. Mm. Um, the thought isn't the Hang issue. Hang on a second. I've got to go stock some stuff in the back room, and I'm the only employee here, so yeah. you're going to have to wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, like... Um, the Sorry, thought- the debit machine's not working right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> the thought isn't isn't the isn't the issue or the sin. It's what you do with it. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I've always been taught that, is that the devil's going to give you bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring things up to try and slow you down. It's what you do with it if you're actually acting on it or not. Sometimes he might give you good thoughts. Yeah. but <laughs> Like good versus God. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean bad as in <laughs> yes, like I and against God. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah, but what, I'm, well, what I mean is like he's going to try and th- screw you up in the head, mm-hmm. and it's what you do with it is what means if you're sinning or not. You gotta be aware yeah. yeah. But you've got to be aware that it's mm-hmm. even happening. Otherwise it's yeah, yeah, maybe I will do that. Or think you know it's a it's that slippery yeah. slope. Um it's it's deadly if we're if if our answers if answers are not the goal of doubt, then that is a sign that you're drifting from God. Mm-hmm. Or that someone that you know is drifting from God. Yep. You might appear to be like this great deep thinker but you're no thinker. You're a stinker. I don't know. I just made that up. Uh. Um, <laughs> I I would say if one of the biggest things with um, my generation and younger today is mm-hmm. that when they have certain thoughts, mm-hmm. as opposed to f- asking questions and finding out if they're valid, they just they just find pockets of media and people that will validate, mm-hmm. as opposed to challenge. Or authenticate. Mm-hmm. They just want validate. Yep. Yep. I was listening to uh, a, a message yesterday, actually by uh, Pete Hughes, about how... Our, I've listened to a couple, too. A mind about how we the, how we receive information. That's, my, that's on my list. Yeah. So it's it's really good, but it's like we have this tendency to just go take in information and, uh, um, and either, like, if we think, oh, I don't need this, we just shut it out, yep. or we try to... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up, so I won't even. Let's just forget that I said that. But anyway, it was good. But how we receive information, what we do with it, are we gonna take it in? Do we just want to be a thinker? We can be misled into thinking that answers and questions are the same thing, and they're not. No. Here's the deal: the enemy's playground is not just an idle mind. That's one of those like proverbs, or you know, someone said at one. Idle point, mind is devil's handiwork. Yeah, right. It's not just this that kind of thing. Idle it's hands. A mind that does not want to settle for answers. And so when we have doubts, if they're left unchecked by our faith or by seeking Christian um, input and teaching, th- those what they do is those doubts turn in on themselves and they just create deeper and deeper unanswerable doubts. Mm-hmm. 
That's what they do. I mean, this is what, what's the word deconstruction. That's what a lot of people are talking about. I've been talking about for a year or two actually really post. I mean, deconstruction has been around. I don't know if the word was really used forever. The last five but, years but it's yeah, blown up for sure. Um, and I don't, and COVID certainly didn't help that either. Well, and I mean, I, I think I, it was kind of a filter, but anyway. Yeah. I think the idle hands are the devil's handiwork mm-hmm. is a big play yep. during COVID. I mean, I know I struggle more with uh, sin when I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that goes I'm that. not bored. Yeah. I, your I, mind active is your, is your, uh, I mean, that, and that's the whole, like, are we paying attention to our mm-hmm. lives? Yep. There's the question. So let me make sure, make sure I make this point clear as we wrap up today's episode. Um, we should not pretend that we don't have moments of doubt. Right. But as Christians, our doubts can actually be moments of growth. Yes. Doubts should be moments of growth, just like with Thomas. Like when he saw, when he touched, and he knew that Jesus was, he was the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. His response, okay, I'm in. And like that, that should lead us to that place. Um, this is what Jeremiah 29, 13 says. We all know 11, but 20, 13 says, 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Mm. The promise is there. So yep. for one who is living in doubts, the promise is if we seek him, we will find him. Mm-hmm. Um, if we seek him with all our heart. So that's just a little bit more moron drifting. Um <laughs> Today and some signposts we can look at, some wisdom from C.S. Lewis, and um, and just a reminder that we are on this journey. It's a continual one. It will be until we draw our last breath on this earth. And um, what are we what are we doing with our lives? That's really the big question that keeps kind of rolling around in my mind. Yeah. Any other uh, input you want to throw in here? Um, just that we have a few things coming up. Um, I've got nothing going on. There's nothing happening here. Eh, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, men's ministry <laughs> is having a meeting uh, October 17th at 6 o'clock in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a good time. Uh, Justin's leading worship. Uh, the grill team is cooking food, mm. hopefully. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, a great guest speaker that, for whatever, Chris Musgrove will be the guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so 6 o'clock. Uh, bring your friends. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Cool. And then October 29th, we have our Porch Fest, which Woo-hoo! is always one of my favorite things. I love it. Chili cook-off. Yep. They got to defend my title. Yeah, you do? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did you? Which one was yours? Spiciest. Okay. And Melanie Graham was overall, I believe. Yeah, I don't care about it being... You I don't just want to make people t- cry. That's yeah. all you want to do. I don't care if it tastes good. You're like, I want to send everyone home with indigestion. That's yes. That's what I want to do. Hey, if you're listening to this uh, the day that it drops on Thursday, tune in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on 92.1 here in Valdosta, and you can hear me and our friend Chuck Roberts talk about grace. And um, we just appreciate you guys listening and hope you'll be uh, back with us soon, and we look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. See you, bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.